What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through my week two wide receiver start sets. So breaking down every single week two matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant wide receiver and listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit starts are players that you feel very confident throwing into your lineup, specifically like into your wide receiver one or wide receiver two spots. Don't necessarily cap it to a certain number of players, but these are just players you'd feel comfortable, you know, locking into one of those starting positions. Fringe options are going to be players that, you know, maybe you squeak into those starting spots if you're kind of weak at the position or dealing with injuries. But ideally, these would be players you're kind of throwing into your flex spots. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you have any fantasy questions, you can drop them down below. I will do my best to get back to everyone. Um, just if you do have like a start sit question, uh, trade advice, whatever it is, just give me the scoring format. Helps me give you guys the best answer. But let's jump into the first matchup of week two. We have the Vikings taking on the Eagles for Thursday night football. Starting off with the Vikings here, Justin Jefferson, number one fantasy wide receiver. Maybe some people would make that case for Tyreek Hill after his week one, but I still ride with Justin Jefferson here. Obviously, he's a locked-in start for you. And then I have Jordan Addison listed as a fringe option. I was very high on Jordan Addison heading into the season. I did list him as a sit last week. I wanted to kind of see what the usage would look like. I did say that I thought KJ Osborne would take the wide receiver two snaps, at least, you know, early on in the season, week one. That is what we saw, but we also just saw Jordan Addison have a very strong rookie debut, six targets, four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown, but he did operate as the wide receiver three, only a 66% route participation. I have to imagine he's going to jump Osborne sometime soon. Hopefully it happens as early as week two. I have him listed as a fringe option. Like I think he is flex worthy. He's obviously talented. And I do think he has a decent shot of kind of, you know, cutting into Osborne's work very, very soon. Um, on the other side with the Eagles, obviously you're firing up these two stud wide receivers as starts, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, lock them into your lineup. Now moving over to the Sunday slate of games, we have the Packers taking on the Falcons. And we look at the Packers, they missed Christian Watson in week one, and we saw Romeo Dobbs go out and put together like the best fantasy day out of these Packers wide receivers. But the surprising thing was that none of these wide receivers had above a 67% route participation. They really didn't make a stand and say like, you know, this is our number one, this is our number two, obviously behind Christian Watson. They kind of got a lot of guys opportunities. And that's just not really going to cut it for fantasy, especially in a wide receiver room that's kind of all over the place. So I have Christian Watson listed as a start. Hopefully he's able to get healthy for week two. If he is healthy and playing, I'm starting him in my fantasy lineups. If he is not playing, I would just be sitting the rest of these wide receivers. I don't want to mess around with a sub 70% route participation wide receiver. Just not really interested in it, especially this early on in the season. Hopefully you have better options out there. Um, and then on the other side with the Falcons, the main fantasy relevant wide receiver here is Drake London. I considered having him as a sit for this video, but I you know, was a little bit more patient. I listed him as a fringe option. I didn't want to overreact too much to his you know, pretty much goose egg week one performance. We saw 18 total pass attempts from the Falcons in week one, even in an Arthur Smith offense who loves to run the ball, does not want to throw a ton. That is still a very, very low number of pass attempts. 
I'm going to wait at least one more week before I full-blown panic on uh, Drake London. I had him as a top 24 wide receiver heading into the season, so hopefully we see some improved passing volume. I always mention this, but it's not going to be a talent concern for Drake London. He's plenty talented. It's just going to be the quarterback play and the overall passing volume. If this is another just, you know, run the ball a million times, no passing volume, then Drake London's probably going to have to move to a sit. But we'll see. Give them another chance here in week two. I have him as a fringe option. I'm not saying you can't bench him if you have better options. I'm totally willing to put him on my bench, but I do still think he's kind of flex worthy here in week two. In the next matchup, we have the Raiders taking on the Bills. Two teams with just stud wide receiver ones. Obviously, you're starting Devontae Adams, and obviously, you're starting Stephon Diggs. For the Raiders, we have Jacoby Myers coming off of a massive week one performance. I believe he's currently in concussion protocol. It seemed like he pretty much got like knocked out cold um, towards the end of that week one game. So I'd be surprised if he played. If he does end up playing, I think he's a nice fringe option coming off of that huge week one performance. On the other side with the Bills, I have Gabe Davis as a sit. I've been someone over the last two years who's just been very low on Gabe Davis. I honestly just don't think he's like wide receiver two quality in the NFL. So not super high on him. He will be a sit for me. Then we're going to have the Ravens taking on the Bengals. And I remember talking about the Ravens last week. I'm pretty sure I had all their wide receivers listed as sits. I just kind of wanted to wait and see what this offense would look like. I wanted to wait and see what the uh, route participations would look like for these wide receivers. Would all three be super involved? Would there be you know, a clear top two? Who would those two potentially be? And the big takeaway from the Ravens week one is that Zay Flowers is legit. He was targeted 10 times, caught nine of them for 78 receiving yards, two carries for nine yards. The dude had a 45% target share in his first NFL game, and they were like manufacturing ways for Zay Flowers to get involved. So they clearly have a lot in store for him in the future. I view him as the clear-cut wide receiver one on this team. I think he's the clear-cut wide receiver one for fantasy also, you know, just looking at these Ravens weapons. Unfortunately, it looks like Rashad Bateman is kind of the odd man out here. Only a 57% route participation. Flowers and OBJ are locked in, at least at this point, as the clear top two. I do have Odell Beckham as a sit, even though he is getting a solid number of routes. I'm just not super comfortable throwing him into my lineup. I just need to see him, you know, string together at least one or two solid games before I kind of put my trust in a 30-year-old coming off of his second ACL tear. So we'll see if he can get it done. We may have Mark Andrews um, returning here in week two, which I'd like to see, but could also kind of cut into these receivers' opportunities, but probably more passing volume to go around in a matchup against the Bengals. On the other side with the Bengals, coming off of just a miserable overall offensive performance, not panicking. Going back to the well on both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I know Higgins just had the goose egg, but I'm buying back in. You drafted him as a fringe wide receiver one. One bad game shouldn't completely, you know, turn you off of him moving forward. And then sitting Tyler Boyd, just not someone I'm, you know, super interested in playing while he's operating as their wide receiver three. In the next matchup, we have the Seahawks taking on the Lions. And looking at the Seahawks here, there's been a lot of talk throughout the offseason about, you know, what the wide receiver splits would look like. What's JSN's role? Is he going to take away from Metcalf? Is he going to take away from Lockett? From what we saw in week one, even though it was a rough overall performance, Metcalf and Lockett were locked in as the top two wide receivers. Both ran the same number of routes. Both had a 93% route participation. JSN was down at 66%. So he was actually right at the same percentage for route participation as uh, Jordan Addison. 
Both of them were operating as their team's wide receiver threes. But even though his route participation was down compared to Metcalf and Lockett, he was tied for the most targets on the Seahawks and at a 26% target rate, which was pretty solid. I think he's someone who's going to continue to see his routes improve throughout the season. And not even saying he's going to cut into Lockett or Metcalf's work. I just think they're going to be forced to run more three wide receiver sets. You have three very, very talented wide receivers. You're going to want to get them all on the field. So I think he's a fringe option. Don't love him as like a top two wide receiver on my team, but I do think he's playable here. It does seem like the Lions secondary is much improved from last year. They pretty much completely revamped that unit, but we'll see, you know, week one against the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey out. The wide receiver position was poor. We'll see how that uh, Lions secondary looks against, you know, a group of really strong weapons. And then on the other side for the Lions, obviously Amon Ra locked in as a start. I don't really trust any of these other Lions wide receivers. So the rest of them are definitely going to be sits. Moving over to the Colts-Texans matchup, I have one start in this game, and that's going to be Michael Pittman. I know a lot of people were pretty low on Michael Pittman heading into this season. I think I was higher on him than consensus, so I wasn't shocked when he had a big week one. I just felt like he was being drafted as if it was like a certainty that Anthony Richardson was not going to play well. I think Richardson looked very solid for his first NFL game, especially considering that he was kind of viewed more as like a project quarterback. So I think Pittman will be a solid option moving forward. I really like Josh Downs. He was involved in week one, but um, we're not going to be starting Josh Downs or Alec Pierce in fantasy, at least anytime soon. On the other side for the Texans, it's pretty clear that Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and Noah Brown are operating as their clear top three wide receivers. We did see Tank Dell getting involved, but his routes were much lower than uh, those other three. Nico Collins and Robert Woods both saw very solid volume. Collins was targeted 11 times. Robert Woods was targeted 10 times. I personally viewed Nico Collins as the wide receiver one heading into the season. So I'm going to stand by that after week one, he had the best performance, the most targets. So I do prefer him as the top option here for the Texans moving forward. And I do think I'd be okay with flexing him. You may not love it, but you know, if he's your wide receiver three, wide receiver four flex option, I think you're in a decent spot. Uh, Next game, we have the Chiefs taking on the Jaguars. And this is a Chiefs wide receiver room I want to be fading. None of these guys had a crazy high raw participation. Sky Moore completely flopped. Kadarius Toney with one of the worst games I've ever seen out of a uh, position player. Rasheed Rice is interesting long-term, but just didn't get the uh, raw participation in week one to be interested in playing him. MVS, you know, he's going to be in pretty consistently for them, but not someone you're ever going to trust for fantasy. And then Justin Watson, similar thing, just no interest. Looking at the Jaguars here, very interesting from week one. I was very high on Calvin really heading into this season, feeling very good about that take after his week one performance. The dude's a monster, 11 targets, eight receptions, 101 receiving yards, and a touchdown. I think another kind of surprising part uh, may have snuck up on some people. Zay Jones is the wide receiver two here for the Jaguars. It is not Christian Kirk. Zay Jones had a 91% route participation, targeted seven times, caught five of them for 55 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, unfortunately, is their wide receiver three, only a 69% route participation. So I don't think Christian Kirk is startable with that type of usage. If Zay Jones is playing 90 plus percent of the snaps is the number two on this offense, I do feel confident in him as like a flex play. So I do have him listed as a fringe option. Next game is going to be between the Bears and the Buccaneers. DJ Moore, not a good debut with the Bears. It was a pretty rough overall performance from that Bears offense. 
not totally panicking on DJ Moore. It could have been one down game. Obviously, you would have liked to see, you know, this great connection from week one. Didn't happen. Can't totally panic. I have as a fringe option. Decent flex play. We'll see if uh, him and Fields bounce back in week two. Sitting Darnell Mooney, even though he did have a pretty solid week one game, DJ Moore should be the wide receiver one here. And then for the Buccaneers, this is another pretty solid matchup against the Bears. As a Bears fan, they do not have a super strong defense. We saw Jordan Love kind of go to work even without Christian Watson. So for the Bucs, I have both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans listed as starts. They kind of struggled in a plus matchup last week just in terms of their overall passing volume. But, you know, I think these are two very talented wide receivers, and I'd be fine starting them in my starting lineups. Then moving over to the Chargers, taking on the Titans. Keenan Allen, locked in start. Same thing with Mike Williams. Mike Williams kind of had an underwhelming day, but he left uh, in the middle of the game with injury, came back. So we didn't log a full set of snaps. I'm going to be sitting Joshua Palmer and Quinton Johnston. Johnston did get some work with uh, Mike Williams missing some time, but he's a guy who's going to be probably breaking out later on in the season if he does, you know, find a role here in year one. And then for the Titans, DeAndre Hopkins making his debut. Not a huge fantasy day, but he was targeted 13 times, which is a pretty solid sign. 38% target share. The Titans passing attack definitely didn't look great, but if they continue to force feed D-Hop, he'll be in a good spot moving forward. The next game is going to be between the Giants and the Cardinals, two teams coming off of rough week one performances. Looking at this Giants wide receiver room, the only pass catcher I'm interested in and starting would be Darren Waller. So definitely sitting all these guys. We didn't really get any clear answers after that week one game. Like some of these guys could eventually become interesting, but definitely not here in week two. And then for the Cardinals, I have Marquise Brown listed as a fringe option. I would understand the argument for him as a sit. I was higher on him than consensus heading into the season. So I'm just going to wait one more week before I, you know, kind of totally fade on him in terms of being in a starting lineup. Obviously, the hope for Marquise Brown was that he would see solid volume operating as their clear-cut wide receiver one, even if the touchdown upside wasn't there. But it's just going to be tough when your QB only throws for 132 yards. So if this offense just completely falls on its face again, they don't even need to be an average offense. They could be bad, but you just got to give them like 200 passing yards and then see what Marquise Brown can do. Um, So hopefully they look better in week two, but not overly optimistic, I guess I'll say. Then we have the 49ers taking on the Rams. For the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk coming off of a monster performance. I think Debo Samuel is still a very strong start. Each of these top-tier weapons for the 49ers are going to have their big games. Kittle's going to have a few of those, like, 100-plus receiving yards, touchdown performances. Debo's going to have some big games. So I don't think this is a spot where it's like Brandon Ayuk is the clear-cut top weapon on this team. Debo's now the wide receiver, too. I think these guys will all get theirs throughout the season, and I think you can trust both of these guys in your starting lineup. And then for the Rams... Very interesting uh, overall game here from the Rams. I was not expecting this offense to look good. No Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford had some question marks. They went out there and just put it on the Seahawks. We saw Puka Nakua with a massive breakout here in his rookie debut. 90% route participation. Tied for the most routes run on this team. 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 receiving yards, and a 39% target share. This is going to be a tough matchup going up against the 49ers, but I do think if you were going to play one of these wide receivers, I would go with Puka. We did see uh, Tutu have a pretty solid day also. I'm just not as confident as him moving forward. 
I like the fact that we saw a huge breakout in his first NFL game. Would just rather bet on like the younger option who could have, you know, just ended up being a huge sleeper as a uh, prospect here in 2023. Moving over to the Jets taking on the Cowboys. Definitely some pretty terrible news for the Jets here with uh, Aaron Rodgers likely out for the season. I think Garrett Wilson would be like a really strong buy low option if he didn't have like that crazy touchdown catch. I feel like if he didn't have that touchdown, everyone would be like full-blown panicking on him like they were with uh, C.D. Lamb, who's also in this matchup. When Dak went down last year, everyone was selling way low on C.D. Lamb. So Garrett Wilson, I still have him as a start. Even if it's Zach Wilson, I just think he's talented enough to kind of overcome it. He's definitely not like a top 12 guy with Aaron Rodgers out, but I still think he's like a decent wide receiver too for you. Alan Lazard, no interest in starting him. With A-Rod out and like Zach Wilson at quarterback, Alan Lazard I think is definitely droppable on your uh, fantasy teams. And then for the Cowboys, even though they just completely put it on the Giants, there really wasn't a ton of passing volume. Um, So none of these guys really had huge performances. Still really like CeeDee Lamb as a strong start. I think Brandon Cooks is a nice fringe option, a flex play. And then right now, Michael Gallup is going to be a sit for me. Moving over to the Commanders, taking on the Broncos. Kind of a gross game out of the uh, Commanders here. It wasn't super encouraging. Um, You know, they've got some decent weapons with McLaurin, Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Cardinals seem like a smash matchup they could take advantage of. It didn't really happen. I have Terry McLaurin listed as a fringe option, and then I have Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel as sits. Just when I'm looking at this wide receiver room, I still think Terry McLaurin is the wide receiver one, even though he was outproduced by both Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel in week one. And if I just can't trust this offense as a whole, I just don't think I can be listing both like Dotson and Samuel also as fringe plays. So it's just going to be Terry McLaurin as someone who I think is somewhat playable. We'll see if Sam Howell bounces back, but it wasn't a super exciting week one performance from that offense. And then for the Broncos here, if Jerry Judy plays, I think Jerry Judy's a start. I'd fire him up. Cortland Sutton kind of had like a perfect situation with Judy out to operate as the wide receiver one. He didn't totally flop, but you know, didn't put anything crazy together. He did get into the end zone, which was nice for fantasy. But if Judy's back, I would have Sutton as a sit. If Judy does end up missing this game, then I would bump up Cortland Sutton to a fringe option, which is, I believe, where I had him uh, prior to week one. Moving over to a divisional matchup between the Dolphins and the Patriots. Coming off of the Dolphins, just crazy air raid against the uh, Chargers. Saw Tyreek Hill just put up an insane performance. Obviously, you're starting Tyreek Hill, and obviously, you're starting Jalen Waddell. I think this Patriots wide receiver room is a little bit interesting. Kendrick Bourne operated as the clear-cut wide receiver one in week one. Now, Devontae Parker did miss that game, which kind of muddies the water here because if Parker comes back and is playing a full-time role, then maybe it doesn't separate Kendrick Bourne as much. But we saw Juju pretty limited. There have been reports that his knee is just kind of cooked. So that's something to monitor. Like, I don't know if Juju's knee is going to get significantly better throughout the season. So we'll see if Parker is able to give it a go this week. And then we'll see if Kendrick Bourne kind of maintains his uh, great usage that we saw out of him in week one. In the next matchup, we have the Saints taking on the Panthers. I believe this is the uh, first Monday night game. And starting off with Chris Olave, clear-cut start, picked up exactly where he left off, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 112 receiving yards. This dude's a wide receiver one for fantasy. I have Mike Thomas as a uh, fringe option. He looked good, 8 targets, 5 receptions, 61 yards, 
think that's playable as like a flex option. And then I do have Rashid Shahid listed as a sit. He had a great game, looked really solid, uh, but unfortunately he's just like locked in as being operating as the wide receiver three, 66% route participation in an offense that I'm not overly high on, you know, just in terms of like the quarterback play, all of that. I don't know if they can support three consistent weapons. So he is going to be a sit for me. He'll probably have some boom games here or there. If Olave or MT go down with injury, I think he becomes interesting operating as the wide receiver too. But right now he is going to be a sit for me. And then the Panthers, this is not a pretty wide receiver room. Going to be sitting Thielen, sitting Mingo, sitting Chark. I think Mingo has some potential. Obviously, he's a rookie. He's getting top wide receiver routes from week one, which I think is solid for his development, but he didn't really put anything crazy together in week one. So just kind of a situation we'll have to wait and see on. And then the final game of the week, the Browns taking on the Steelers. The Browns had some really weird wide receiver usage. Amari Cooper only had a 63% route participation. So he ended up getting injured mid-game. Um, He returned, so it seemed like he was fine, but then he didn't play his normal snaps in the second half. So I'm leaning towards, you know, that poor route participation being that like the Browns were playing it safe. They had a lead, kind of were limiting Amari Cooper in the second half. I don't think this is the thing where like Amari Cooper slip into wide receiver three snaps. That would be very surprising. Um, We saw both Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones have 80% route participations, which is fine. I'm just going to say that until we see like a strong passing performance out of Deshaun Watson, the only guy I'd feel comfortable playing here in this wide receiver room would be Amari Cooper. Hopefully he just bounces right back to like, you know, that wide receiver one usage and hopefully Deshaun Watson puts together a nice performance because I really do want to have Elijah Moore as either a fringe option or start just can't do it as of yet. Um, And then moving over to the Steelers, don't know if Deontay Johnson is going to be able to play in this game. If Deontay does play, He's going to be a start for me, just a target monster. Um, George Pickens is pretty much a fringe option either way. Hopefully the Steelers can kind of bounce back. Allen Robinson commanded some pretty solid volume after Deontay Johnson went down. I would have him as a sit, but if you are desperate, maybe he has some juice left. It kind of seems like he was cooked last year with the Rams, but who knows? Maybe he does have a little something left there. Um, if he could slot into that Deontay Johnson role. But that is going to wrap it up for every single week two matchup. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I have my running back start set posted, so go check that out. Uh, Yesterday, I think I put out four videos, one talking about some underperforming players, figuring out whether or not we should be panicking, talked about some uh, trade targets, some sell high players, and then also some uh, waiver wire targets to look at you know, to scoop up here heading into week two. Thank you all for stopping by. Um, I'll have my tight end and quarterback start sets tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. But thank you all again, and I'll see you in the next one.